Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm so excited that as we begin, um, it's just an excerpt from a bigger information. So what I'm going to do is to try to give a highlight of how you could be an effective witness uh, to your Muslim friends in a non-threatening manner and what to look at. Uh, so for you to understand the whole concept is into five levels. Uh, and uh, each level have some uh, number of hours that you need to walk through and apply and practicalize them. But what I'm going to do here is to tell you or give you the overview and give you the bigger picture that you can make an impact in the life of the Muslims as you try to point him out um, to the uh, truth about God's plan of salvation. So let us pray as we continue. Lord, I thank you for your love, for your mercies, and for your grace. We have just some few minutes. I ask for the authority of your word. I ask for the help of your Holy Spirit. I ask for wisdom that comes from you, that as we discuss together, uh, we would be people of obedience to your word that are a fruitful witness to the Muslims. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I would love each one of us to realize when it comes to delivery of God's plan of salvation to the Muslims, I'm going to give you the bigger picture and take a little bit of a detail uh, so that uh, it can be fruitful to you. There are different ways of doing it, and Islam is... Uh, a form of belief and practice that they have developed their value system and they have their own world view different from you as a believer in Christ. And therefore, for you to communicate to them whatever, I think you need to know uh, your target who, if your target is a Muslim uh, friend or a Muslim neighbor or uh, a believer in the Islamic belief, you need to understand 
your target. In understanding your target, there are many aspects you want to look at. Uh, generally from the mind of the Christian, when you come to talking about uh, witnessing to the Muslim, you group the Muslim as one block. And that is a grievous error. The differences among Islamic denomination and sects is more uh, wider with a lot of uh, bitterness and anger in between the sects, much more than denominational differences we have in Christianity. And there are a lot of sharp doctrinal beliefs in Islam. So to say, therefore, oh, I really have, uh, I see people recording and I'm really uncomfortable with that. And I, I ask that it should not be posted on the internet. I think, um, please and please. I would like to make that because I think announcement should have been made which was not made, you know, and uh, otherwise then you cannot get the maximum. You know, I want to be free to let you know more about how to go about it, but I think if I am seeing people recording, it makes me really uncomfortable on that because of the nature of ministry I'm involved and... uh, uh, you may not know, but I get death threats a minimum of three times a week. So uh, I'm doing this because I'm part of the body of Christ, and yet I want to really request that um, um, if we could just take notes, that would be great. And then the audio, I believe, will be available if you want, but... Uh, I really do not, I'm uncomfortable with my pictures anywhere. Are we on the same <laughs> platform? All right. <laughs> All right. Um, so we need to understand that there are those differences. And those differences are, are, are very sharp. So your target, if your Muslim friend, for example, is a Sufi, uh, your approach might be different from as if you are meeting a, a Sunni or a Shiite or an Ahmadiyya or a Tijaniya group. They have uh, more than 73 sects or denominations in Islam. Therefore, it's always wise to understand which sect they come from. But doctrinally, they have just uh, foundational theological belief into six groups. The Malikis, the Hanbalis, the Hanafis. You know, the basic doctrinal issues are into six classes. Uh, We will not go into that. But I think uh, for you to deliver, you need to understand their... um, uh, the target. The second thing you need to uh, realize is 
Several times we Christians make the error. We go to witness by faith. <laughs> Therefore, we do not even know the content of what we are going to deliver. So we go out, yes, we have gone, we want to witness, but what is the content of what we want to deliver as the salvation message, we do not even know. <laughs> uh, and uh, it is amazing, I found that interesting. Uh, so one of the things that you should realize, which I want to show us this morning, is after knowing your target, you must know the content of your message. You want to know the content of your message. It's very, very vital and very, very important. Uh, because I'm going to explain the content of the message so that within any given moment, once you have the opportunity, you can hit and deliver that I will jump into the third critical things that you need to know when you want to communicate the message of salvation uh, to the Muslim. Now, uh, what we are discussing is not Islam, by the way, if you realize. What we are discussing is communicating the message of salvation to the Muslim. It's completely different from having knowledge about what Islam is. I'm not concentrating on what Islam is. And by the way, if you want to read about Islam, there won't be any limit to Islam. Because in Islam, there is what is called taqiyah. And that means that even you, you can write books about Islam. You can write any lie about Islam is acceptable provided it will advance the cause of Islam. Therefore, if you feel you want to read and have enough knowledge about Islam, there won't be any end to it. I'm not talking about information about Islam as a unit of belief and practice. I'm talking about those that are saved and want to be obedient uh, to their creator, God, uh, by witnessing and taking uh, the Islamic believers from kingdom of darkness into uh, the kingdom of God's Son. I'm talking about with those that want to understand how the Muslims could be saved and how to go about to do that. So try to distinguish the two. This is not where you get information about Islam. There are other issues like through the training we deal with those things like uh, the authenticity of the Quran, the source of authority of Islam, you know, and uh, all kind of things like the doctrinal belief and the rest. There are issues that we give to help you have enough knowledge to be above the average Muslim in your knowledge of Islam. Uh, but they are not important. The important thing is the truth of God's word that could be revealed into their life for them to be able to have the seed of faith to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So I'm going to show us the content of the message. And amazingly, 
anywhere we teach this in the curriculum, the eyes of Christians open. Because they have taken Islam beyond where it is even supposed to be. They have rated Islam way high, more than uh, uh, the state of where it's supposed to even be placed. The other uh, uh, third issue which is uh, critical is the accessibility. Now, you understand your target. You know the content of the message you are going to deliver to your target. And then the accessibility to your target. What are the laws of the land? How strong is Islam? There. What are the environmental factors guiding it? Are you in a Sharia state? Are you in predominantly? What is the governing thing? What are the values of the society your target live up upon? What are breaches of the normal norms of that society? Uh, for example, uh, in Africa, amazingly, uh, those of you that know, there are a lot of uh, child labor. Nobody talks about that. But if you bring the matter of faith uh, to a child, it becomes an a issue. Uh, so, like in some countries, any child below the age of 18, if you preach to him and he uh, becomes a Christian, you put your life in danger because you could be accused of abduction or whatever thing towards that. So, accessibility and environment. Sometimes, is there war? What is the political ideal of that place? Uh, I, I did that so that you know that there are many factors surrounding the delivery of the gospel message to the Muslim. Now, let me uh, show you, I will concentrate uh, briefly on the content of the message. And the content of the message, uh, the con thank you very much. The content of the message that I'm going to uh, show us now is a summary to help you uh, get the overview of your message. And then at the end of it, I will show you when to transit with this uh, content of the message in the life of your Muslim neighbor or Muslim friend that will be non-threatening. Are we following together? All right. Uh, for us to understand the content of the message, let me graphically draw something in here. Um, you know, uh, the basis of the delivery of the gospel is based on assumptions. Even though the assumptions are fact and factual. The assumption that God exists. And uh, if you are an atheist, this does not make sense to you. If you do not believe in God, this does not make sense to you. And I, I don't want to go into that. But I want, you to, I want you to have the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is when God uh, 
who was self-existent from eternity. I always tell people, there was time that there was no time. And from the time that there was no time, there was God. Uh, God is not, in essence, a created being. Uh, so, because we are in the fallen nature, we cannot even uh, conceive and perceive what eternity is or is all about. Therefore, uh, uh, scriptures will help you explain that. But what I'm going to show you in here is to give you the reason of the content of the message and what the message is and how Islam came in relation to overall plan of God uh, for humanity on earth. And God created some being which... Uh, we have less knowledge about that. Like angels, the creatures on the throne and the rest, they preceded the creation of man. And God created man in his own image. And uh, when God created man in his own image, uh, God decided to create man in his own image in order to have communion and fellowship with him. There are several of our images in God. And this image in God, one of the image in God is that God is spirit. There are several descriptions of that, we do not have time to expose that, but one of the things is God is spirit. A spirit is not a created being in essence. So God created man in his image. Our spiritual image is called the soul. When God formed a clay, he breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, the difference between a soul and a spirit is that spirit is not a created being. Soul is a created being. But the image here is that once a soul is created, there won't be a time that that soul will cease not to exist. It will live forever and ever. That is why there is judgment, whether in heaven or hell. Uh, plants are alive, but they don't have souls. Animals are alive, but they do not have souls. That's why you can kill and eat them. Now, the soul continues forever and ever. So, just like God will live forever and ever, the difference between a soul and the spirit is that the spirit is not a created being in essence 
while the soul is, I have my soul, you have your soul. But the soul, because it's an image, a spiritual being, in the image of God, it will continue forever. The other thing that you should note, one of the image that humanity has of God is that image of the volition. I'm trying to explain what composes the content of the message as you deliver the gospel. You have to understand that. The volition, that means the will, your choice to do and to undo. Now, in your choice to do and to undo, when God was working with man, man at a certain point chose, man at a certain point chose not uh, to walk with God anymore. He chose to depart from God. Man chose to depart from God as an act of his will. But you see, that does not change the state of who God is. God continues and remains faithful, righteous, and remains who He is in essence, in holiness and justice. Now, but because God was communing with man, He gave him an order. And therefore, for God not to be faithful to that order, that will make him not to be God. Therefore, the justice of God demands that that choice of man be punished. If God didn't punish that choice of departing from the agreed communion and fellowship, then God ceased to be God because He is no more a just God. Now, unfortunately, man departed from God. The Bible says, the day you eat from that tree, that day you die. But He didn't die. So what does death mean? Death in essence is separation. Man was separated from God, and that is from the communion. Now, that happened before the offsprings of man, before man began to give birth to children. I wonder how it could have been if man in that communion began to multiply. So, in essence, what happened was that at this point, in Genesis chapter 5, Verse 3, we saw that when man began, he began to produce according to his likeness and image. Genesis chapter 5 verse 3. Now, that image is no more of God. That image is that image of a being, of a soul, separated from God. So, that when you are witnessing to the Muslim or any other person, the fact here is that you must know that the remedy of what you are trying to do is the correction of this. And the offspring of Adam, from Adam, his everyone came in his own image. 
And then, everyone has gone astray, separated from God, continually going far away from God. Okay, it's continued. So nobody is able, because the, uh, the idea here is that all those that were offspring of Adam have separated from God. God in his state is holy, true, and just. He's faithful. Man is not. He's departed from God. That is why from the offspring of Adam, God became angry and wiped the human race, but Noah with a flood. And yet, that did not create the solution. After the flood, God said he will never consume humanity with water again. Now, he decided that he will himself be the savior of mankind. Because from the offspring of Adam, nobody will. And therefore, he began visiting humanity. And those are the ones that we call the prophets. So the purpose of prophets is <coughs> to reveal the future appearance of God in hum human body. In order uh, to save and restore back the fallen Adam back to himself for the communion and fellowship he intended before the creation of man. Are you following? Right. <clears throat> so, but man's invention through the process, because man is depraved, he tries many ways in order to reach God. And that turned out to be what is called belief and practice. And it appeared in many forms. Hinduism was the first non-existent religion after the flood. So you have Hinduism that continued. Man is developing belief and practice in order to reach God. You have Buddhism, you have all kinds of things form unit of belief and practice in order to reach out to God. That was what created the block of people of faith on earth. But you see, human effort will not reach out to God. By no means. So God began and chose the human race and made a covenant with one. God handpicked and the person he handpicked was Abraham. And said from his genealogy, God is going to take the human form and come to restore back humanity to himself as when he created. Are you following that? I'm talking about the content of your message. Now, at this point, the purpose of that, because humanity cannot understand that, God began to raise people to speak and announce that revelation to come. And those people are called prophets. 
Uh, are you following that? Those people are called prophets. Those prophets, the purpose of prophets and prophecy were to reveal God in person. So, from the time of Adam to the appearance of Christ, who is God in human form, those are the purpose of prophets and prophecies. All the prophets that existed were announcing and looking forward to the cross. Are we following? Let me show you an amazing thing. Where you place uh, Islam. You know, Hinduism started. There is this Zoroastrianism, right? And there is uh, Buddhism. As a matter of fact, even Shintoism and Confucianism and Jainism, all of these religions were they, they they began in between Adam or after the flood uh, to the cross. So actually. If anyone has even the right to claim a form of people of faith as a block of belief and practice that has an initiative of effort of reaching God, Islam is not part of it. Because Islam is way here after the cross, after Christ appeared. And that uh, can even tell you that Muhammad is not even the prophet of God. Because the purpose of prophet and prophecies in the old is to point to the appearance of God revealed in Christ on the cross for restoring man back to himself. So it has already happened, then what is the purpose of another form of believing and practice? So it's completely irrelevant. So uh, in your effort to deliver the content of God's message of salvation, don't even assume there is truth of the revealed purpose of God for restoring humanity back to him on Islam because it is out of the curriculum of God completely. Because uh, God did the work of restoration at the cross. From the prophet, for unto you a child is born. Every description of God has been revealed there. Where he is going to go, who will give birth to him, the city, the town, the cross, everything about has been revealed. And that was the work of the prophets. So you can never do any other thing outside. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. 
The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. There was nothing that was created that he, the word, did not create. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. The Bible says no one has ever seen God, but the only God who is by the side of the Father, he has made him known, which is Christ. For it pleases the Father that all the fullness of God dwells in him. In fact, I like Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, where it says, All the fullness of the deity dwell in bodily form in Christ Jesus. Now, no seed of Adam is able to save. Jesus Christ is not seed of Adam. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 3, Jesus Christ is the seed of woman. A woman has no seed. At the pronouncement of the judgment, God prophesied his appearance on the cross in Christ. There is no time I would like to give some, but I want you to know it is the work of restoration has been completed by God Himself revealed. No prophet is able to save, no prophet is able to turn, no form of belief and practice can get you and restore you back to God. Salvation is an act of God Himself by Himself to Himself. Now, if you come in, as a matter of fact, before Islam, there is Taoism. And uh, Taoism was before Islam, in the early days of Christianity. That's when it began. It's good to read the history of people of faith. Islam is irrelevant in the restorative work of God. So if we approach a Muslim... We are even afraid, thinking he has so, we are worshipping the same God. It is inspired by, it's a lie of the devil. It has nothing to do with the program of God. It's outside the curriculum. You know, uh, in the modern, literally world, we have copyright, right? Huh? And if you do, uh, if you publish a copyrighted material, what are you supposed, the, the, the law catch up with you, isn't it? Or are you free? It looks like the original, isn't it? But it's never your own work. And that is what Islam about. They stole what existed before it and formed it. If you even read at the historicity of the Quran, you will be amazed. Every scholar knows that Islam is false. Every knowledgeable, if you read the historicity of how the Quran came into being, that destroys you. There is no, nothing there. It's an evidence of 23 years of one man's life. Of a testimony. And the person is not even the one that uh, wrote anything about those 23 years testimony. It was compiled 30 years after his death. They even didn't know. So if you have a story different from what Usman compiled with Zaid, you are killed instantly. 
So it's a sin to have another version of the story of the life of Prophet Muhammad. You are killed if it is not from the selected one. Read history, you will see. And that didn't even compile the complete, authentic uh, uh, Quran as have we have it today. What I'm saying is that there is no... Don't even use the Quran in proclaiming the gospel of salvation. It's outside the program of God. So you don't need to know the Quran in order to deliver the message of salvation to the Muslim. Because completely is out of God's plan. So when you come and you have your Muslim friend and neighbor, the idea here is that no prophet can save. The only, if now, from here, this is the interesting thing. From here, everything now is at the foot of the cross. This is amazing. You as now you understood the content of your message. This separation from God, the solution is God himself, and he did it in Christ Jesus. So the solution is at the foot of the cross. Now look at an amazing thing. How did man depart from God? By his act of one of the image that God created him with, right? Act of his will. He chose to go away from God. Is that right? Now, the cross is bringing every human being at the Garden of Eden. It is now your choice to either look at the cross, and there is a lot of replica of that from the uh, New Testament. You remember Moses and the uh, bronze snake? Look and live. You are right. Those are replica. You remember Isaac? Uh, and Abraham, the sacrifice of the ram, there was a lot of examples. From, you remember the flood and the ark? You, it's a choice. People were given opportunity to choose. Now, at this point, at the foot of the cross, you bring every Muslim and every non-believer. It's his choice. You don't force him now. God didn't force person uh, Adam not to uh, choose to separate away from him. So at the foot of the cross, are you following through? At the foot of the cross is now the choice. You can't force him. You choose the, uh, the person choose and understand, he becomes a new creature. He is saved. That's what the being born again starts here. That time will not allow me. There are several things that happen to you. All your sins are forgiven. Your name is written in the book of life. Now, you see, you begin that life of communion and fellowship with God that uh, Adam left. Here is where you are restored to begin until the appearance of Christ. And after the appearance of Christ, we live for 1,000 years with Him and reign with Him. And then we have the great white throne judgment in here. Then we live now, just like God from eternity, we live for eternity. That's the whole loop and the bigger picture. So, 
what you want to do in your evangelism work as the content of your message is to show the Muslim that he is far and separated from God. No prophet or religion or any belief and practice will take him back to God. It is God himself now that became man, came in bodily form to bring back that restoration that man's left and lost from the beginning in order that that communion will, will go. So that is the bigger picture of the content of your message to the Muslim. Now the idea now here is, and your challenge, which we do not have time, I will just take questions, is how do I then uh, take this basic message, the content, and you see, this is not your own idea, it's God's idea. It is not your own imagination, it's God's uh, uh, explanation of his redemption work. You did not invent it, it's never your wisdom, nor your philosophical idea. So, communicating good mouth, or being sympathetic, or politicizing, would not really communicate what is here that God gave you to communicate. The content of the message must never be adulterated. <coughs> Are we following through? Now, uh, in here, please, how many minutes do I have more? Can someone help me? Six more minutes? Alright, six more minutes or five? Who would help me? Five. All right. Um, uh, all right. Uh, are we getting it in here? So quickly, before I allow for a question, what you want to do to the Muslim uh, to, to be able to present this for him to understand. Oftentimes, we Christians, we go and begin to preach. First of all, we do not... Most uh, the average Christian do not even know the content of the message of salvation to deliver to the Muslim. Now you have an understanding. There are more to it. Try to find out. The second thing is, we begin with the solution without letting the person know that he has a problem. Oh, we just come with the cross and hey, get saved. You are a sinner. How am I a sinner? I don't know. You are accusing me for nothing. Explain to the person that he is in deep problem. Before you show him the solution and why the solution is reliable and credible. Uh, are we following? But uh, again, because we don't have time, these are something that you want to make sure that and each one can take me one hour to explain and to show you how to do it. So we don't have time. You pray, you love, and Now, one of the things that you should do in here is, please and please and please and please and please and please and please, don't adulterate the gospel message. Don't adulterate. If you are struggling with understanding the gospel message, don't be sympathetic. God's judgment will not be sympathetic to the person. When you are afraid to tell the person that Jesus is the Son of God, 
because you are struggling yourself with it. When you are afraid to talk about the Trinity, because the Trinity is not resolved in your mind, so you are compromising the truth of the gospel. You are making more harm than good in the life of the lost soul. So, give the message as the scripture says. So, concentrate on only what the scripture said. Not on your Polish assumption or philosophical thought of your brain, of your societal worldview. Stick to the scriptures. Then have faith that um, uh, God uh, would... Uh, he said, my words will not go out and return to me void without accomplishing the purpose uh, to which it has been sent. Thank you so much for the privilege. I'm so sorry that is, the time is just too short, but I will take one question if there is any. And if there is none, thank you very much for the next session. Right. All right. Yeah.